Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Internet Marketing. to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we have a request. If you are really enjoying what we do here on the Internet Marketing Podcast, then if you could, please leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast app, of course. That would be fab. Um, it really helps us to grow the podcast and ensure we bring you great marketing tips and advice each week. Now, today I'm joined by Scott Dubois, founder of Pedalia. Have I said that right? Have I said your surname right, Scott, even? It's actually Scott Dubois, but that's quite all right, Andy. Thanks for having me today. Dubois. I was, I was going for the French sort of pronunciation, wasn't I? <laughs> Dubois. I yep. do apologize. Scott Dubois. And um, I know that we spoke, to, we spoke about this before we actually rolled, but please, can you tell us the story about how your company got its name? Sure. So we were um, we, we were really set. We thought we had a great name for the agency. And of course, you go through the things like patent and trademark, getting the you know the dot com, the Facebook and the Twitter handle. We had all but one of them. We didn't have the dot com. And uh, the unfortunate part was that uh, this was about 29 days before we launched the agency. We went out and actually hired a law firm that uh, handles aftermarket domain name negotiations. Couldn't come to an agreement with uh, the person who had it. It was a little bit of an outrageous sum. And so we said, well, when we're first starting the business, there are better places we can spend this money. And so we were sitting around, you know, the office, the, the co-founders and talking through things. And uh, my business partner who leads our, you know, creative team and engineering team is, you know, talking about things, how we're a different agency, you peel back the layers of the onion. And uh, he gets to the point where he's, you know, really loves onions. And I love Vidalia onions. And, you know, a second later, what if we put a P in front of that? Yeah. Being the geeks we are, we all whip out our iPhones, right? And Google Pedalia. Google says, did you mean Vidalia? And we thought we were onto something. <laughs> so of course we, we move on, you know, work with our, our attorney at Clears Patent and Trademark and the like, and, and their Pedalia was born. That's fantastic. Cause you've got, and you've got an extensive background in information technology, haven't you? Tell us a bit about that. Absolutely. So, you know, we're interesting in that we definitely come think, come at this from a technology perspective. So while we're at the interse- intersection of technology and communication, Every technology drives it. So whether that's, you know, developing custom web applications or, or microsites to help, you know, financial services and communication, whether that's for nonprofit organizations, really analyzing their data, finding what trends are happening, and then how you apply that in a way that actually moves the needle, whether that's engagement, whether that's donations, um, technology has a play in, in all of our engagements. And, and that's really both myself and my co-founder come at it from the tech side. Now, I want to talk today about, um, or the topic of today is your audience and what it means to you. 
Um, and I think a good starting point is um, data. How how do you use customer data uh, in the in the sort of in campaign planning? Sure. So what it's really about is a lot of times we'll hear data. You hear the terms big data and. While there is so much out there, I I think oftentimes what's lost, where where the focus isn't, is where, okay, all of this data is available, but let's talk about data that will actually move the needle. And so it's it's understanding data that actually matters. And so, you know, at, at, at the outset, a lot of times we have, you know, things like, you know, a name and contact information, but what are other things that you can do to group things? So, you know, a lot of times if you're in the, you know, uh, direct, you know, if, if it's a consumer brand, we're looking about past you know, buying patterns, whether that's how often they buy, how much they spend. Mm. Uh, but there are other things that you can do as a group, right? And it could be something as simple as gender or age group that allow you to version and change things in a way that actually drives lift or drives impact. And so we'll talk, you know, more, more in depth about that, but really you don't want to lose sight of, well, while there's a wealth of data often, and you can even get into augmenting that through different data sources, Really look at a campaign and, of course, measure because this is all data driven in real time. You, you have the luxury of pivoting. Right. And, and as marketers, we'd love to think that, oh, everything we do is a home run and we hit it 100 percent of the time. But the reality is that's not just true. It's about measuring that and reacting to that because mm-hmm. it's digital, because you can pivot. You want to go ahead and do that. So really look at data that actually will move the needle for a campaign. I mean, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of data you can look at, isn't there? What would you say are the main groups of data that you should be sort of paying attention to? Sure. And, and it's going to depend uh, client by client. But what we find in, for instance, we'll talk about the financial services industry. We find that gender matters. We find that age matters a lot. And so when you're trying to drive decisions, whether that's toward retirement savings, whether that's on, on the insurance side of financial services, right, whether you're talking about do do they own a home or not, that's another driver. Mm-hmm. So there are many things you can do there. Now, on the nonprofit side, certainly income matters. But there are two things that we find that you wouldn't think of as well. And so the first is affinities, right? And so affinities could be things like, okay, I'm interested in health organizations. I'm interested in sports. And some of those affinities have weird correlations to donors, and it's interesting. And then the other one is political party affiliation. And so as we get out and analyze, for for our nonprofit clients, we kind of categorize them into 10. Beyond 10, it just doesn't matter. The groups get too small, and and that's a danger, too, where you just segment too much and it becomes uncontrollable. But Mm. we're finding more and more political affiliation matters on the nonprofit side. So I'd say you could look at that per vertical industry, but those are a couple of industries, you know, at a high level of, of where we see data making a meaningful impact. Now, you know, these sort of things, sort of, you know, internet marketing, web marketing is very sort of campaign driven. How, how do you sort of use data to decide timing in the, in the campaign? Yeah, so the data is, is going to determine timing based upon what they've done in the past. And so that's where you can have, you know, reactive data. And, and so what I mean is that's going to drive follow up. So what you want to know is how your audience is engaging with you. And, and there's a concept that I like to talk about, which is horizontal data. And yeah. so oftentimes, right, folks will get into I have a list of 5000, I have a list of 50,000 or 5 million. And if the list only has contact information and maybe email address and, and a phone 
phone number, that's great, but it doesn't necessarily do you a lot of good. And so if you can tack on things like, okay, they're actually, take that email address, for instance, they are part of our email marketing system. Have they actually opened an email, right? Because if you're continuing to send email, somebody hasn't unsubscribed, but they also never open it. Mm. Well, that touch, pa- that touch point may not matter. You may want to push that through to a call center. You may want to move them into, into direct mail. And so when we talk about timing, we actually want to look at historically how people react to things and then use that as a driver. Oftentimes, you know, you have that, that drip campaign mentality that, that we're all familiar with. That data is going to drive how the follow-up happens. So from that perspective, that's where you want to think about it in terms of campaign timing. Now, once a campaign has been launched, I'm just thinking about the flow of data or the observation, if you like, of data sort of sort of once it's launched, what sort of things should you be looking for? Sure. So first and foremost, you want to make sure that the behavior is as you thought. We talked about your ability to to adapt and pivot. So you want to make sure that what what is happening is actually what's expected and then figure out if, if there needs to be a pivot or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what you can do there, too, once once a campaign has launched is if you see particular lift in a group where you weren't expecting it, you can actually then apply that to other groups. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Let's say that you have a breakdown and it's a very simple breakdown. We'll use we'll use three groups of data, right? To keep it nice and simple. So we'll talk about age, we'll talk about income and we'll talk about gender. Mm -hmm. And so if for instance, uh, you saw a lift in females who made more than $75,000 per year and, and were past buyers, you almost might wonder, well, Hey, would those correlations happen for females who maybe made in the grouping under 75 or made, you know, was in the 75 to a hundred thousand dollar range. And you can actually adapt that on the fly. You can actually segment that too. You can say, okay, well, I'm going to test drive this with 30% of the audience. And it may be that one of those triggers, right? Whether it's the gender trigger might apply to bigger groups. And that would actually let you expand that and actually have a greater weight than the income trigger. Mm. You mentioned, uh, the sort of the acquisition of this data sort of during a, a campaign and sort of making sort of mid campaign adjustments and things. I'm just wondering generally, do you think it's it's better to be reactive or or proactive in in marketing? Yes, I, it, that's a very hard question to answer. Right? As far as I'm concerned, the answer is yes. Right. It's, 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 it's both, right. Especially where, when you talk about data, once a campaign has has launched, you want to make sure that behavior is as expected and and then allows you to, to continue to adapt. So I I think the, the true answer is yes. So if you had any key takeaways for our audience today, Scott, what would they be? Sure. So Andy, I think there are really two of them when it, when it comes down to data in both the planning and execution stage. And so that is one that using data is an ongoing effort. And it's really important because today we've talked about it in, in the sense of a, a campaign singular, right? But what you really want to do is take that horizontal database concept that we talked about earlier and expand it to the next campaign. All too often, I find folks that will, you know, use data and enrich it and learn things about a campaign, but then it doesn't drive forward. It's never brought through to the CRM. It's never brought through to purchasing systems or whatever companies or organizations are doing so that that data can further be refined. You want to continue to learn more about whether it's your customers, your donors, uh, folks you're engaging with. Um, they, They could be volunteers in the nonprofit space. You want to continue to learn more about them. So data is an ongoing effort, and that's a real key. And then the second thing is not to overcomplicate the process, right? And so in the example you gave before, I talked about three data points. And with those three data points, you can segment. But 
imagine, you know, a list of 50,000 folks. If you overcomplicate it and all of a sudden you're talking about eight different data points and within those data points you have six different variables, well, you're talking about groups that are pretty small, right? I mean, we, we've seen before when we've gotten involved in engagements, you know, groups just down to, you know, 10 to 15 folks. And while that can be really personalized, if you truly have the, on the execution side, which is what we're not talking about today, but mm. that, that might work, but chances are, and, and oftentimes it doesn't. So don't overcomplicate it. Really make sure that you look at things so that you can bite and segment both in the planning stage and in the execution stage for things that actually are going to move the needle. So just don't overcomplicate this approach. Really make sure that it matters when you get into the segmentation. Well, Scott, thanks so much for coming on. How can our listeners find out more about you and more about Pedalia? Sure. Well, I think the, the easiest place would be a, a special landing page we've set up for your listeners. So if you go to pedalia.com, P-I-D-A-L-I-A.com slash internet marketing podcast, there'll be a landing page where we'll review and uh, you know just kind of have an overview of what we chatted about today. And of course, there's ways to connect with me there on, on that landing page. And you can find me on Twitter at Scott Dubois or just a quick search on LinkedIn. Uh, we'll, we'll return my bio as well. But certainly, I'd encourage uh, your listeners to visit that landing page. And there are a whole bunch more ways to connect and um, continue the conversation. That's fantastic. And just for our listeners, uh, that is P-I-D-A-L-I-A dot com slash internet marketing podcast. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. And thank you listeners for listening. The show notes are in the usual place. Site visibility.com slash IM podcast. If you want to email us, it's podcast at site visibility.com. You can tweet us at site visibility. And don't forget the site visibility group over on LinkedIn. That's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Scott. Thanks, Andy. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 